0: Welcome back to another Sensei Podcast. I'm your host, Sensei Pong. So, what's up? This is the Halloween special. Hopefully, this ha- this gets out by Halloween. I'm actually recording like uh, I'm like squeezing this into my schedule because some things have been going down in my personal life. <laughs> so yeah, if you uh, pay attention to my Twitter, you'll you'll know some personal things go down uh, have been going on in my life, and I've been kind of which implies that I've been kind of busy with uh, life things, which which isn't anything bad. Don't worry, I should be fine. But uh, yeah, no, that yeah. Blech. Long story short, I'm not going to go into detail. Not, not mean. I'm not. I'm not going to go into detail about it. But like, uh, basically, I gotta move quickly uh within the past few days this situation kind of lightened up actually so that's that's not bad that's good that's good um anyway so i'm not gonna i'm gonna try to keep this podcast kind of short i'm jinxing myself now and this is probably gonna end up being like a three-hour podcast but whatever (laughs) so let's not call this a mini pod let's just call this a regular podcast the the halloween special (laughs) Oh yeah, and the other thing that's been going down in my life is uh, I had a small accident at work, and I uh, accidentally cut open my thumb with a box knife, and it was I, I had to like go to the go to the hospital because I work a graveyard shift, and because no other doctors are you know open you know doctors' offices are open at the midnight you know one o'clock in the morning, so I was just like okay, well, really the only choice in this area is going to the hospital emergency care and all that <laughs> and oh long story short like if if, uh, if this is for my international audience that may be familiar with the like samurai dra- dramas in Japan or like a uh, kill bill you know when they like cut somebody with a sword like the blood just spews out it was it was a little bit like that because it was fast and I hit bone and it hurt because i hit bone and i was like yeah yeah hit bone i so yeah my my left thumb has been kind of on hiatus for and light duty so (laughs) yeah that's basically it before it made me kind of sad i was like right after i got the stitch, like well actually right after i'd cleaned up a little bit like literally a minute or two after i um cut my thumb open i was thinking to myself i was like oh no super mario odyssey releases in a few days (laughs) no my left thumb (laughs) yeah that was like (laughs) i i don't know if i should feel proud about that or like stupid that that was like one of my first concerns i was like no super mario odyssey comes out no i'm not gonna be able to play cuphead (laughs) anyways yeah Outside of that, things have been pretty good on my side. Carved the pumpkins with the kids. Got some good ones in. Because my kids got kind of obsessed with Cuphead. They're like, uh, one of them was like, I want Cuphead. The other was like, I want Mugman. And then the other one was like, well, I have kind of a small pumpkin. Can we do anybody else? I was like, sure. So we uh, drew the face of uh, the devil character, the devil from Cuphead. Which actually made for a pretty good pumpkin. Because it was just like your generically spooky character but if uh... you know spooky jack-o'-lantern but if you knew the video game and recognized cuphead and mugman you'd be like oh hey that's supposed to be the devil okay i see what you're doing there um... second youngest was like i want batman and I never thought about this before but i saw it on like a like a google image search or something like that but i uh... cut out the bat signal in the back so like if you put the pumpkin with the light in there like, up against a wall, it creates a bat signal right on the wall. So that was actually really cool. I was like, dang, you know, this, this Batman design is pretty simple. But that, that bat signal in the back makes it just freaking awesome. And then uh, my absolute youngest, it's him being obsessed with Mario, we, uh, we, made, we carved out three more pumpkins. One Mario, one uh, one-up shroom, and uh, uh, my wife, uh, Mooka, wanted to do a boo. So she she cut out the mushroom, she cut out the boo, and I cut out Mario, I cut out the breast, and all that good stuff. But, yeah, my kids shows up on the designs, helped gut it, which is funny because all but my oldest hates messing with the pumpkin guts, and I don't understand that. They're all like, ew, ew, no, ew, gross, and my youngest is just like, eh, eh, it's, it's on my hands, what do I do? My oldest is just like, yeah, it's all right. I like doing this kind of stuff, it's fine, whatever. (laughs) <laughs> either way it was all good so yeah before uh this podcast begins let me just say if um you're gonna do anything for this halloween season like maybe go trick-or-treating or like uh go to a halloween party or whatever you do on halloween i don't really know i don't really celebrate it's only for the kids i guess uh just be careful just just play smart be smart don't anything don't do anything. Uh, that I wouldn't do. I, good, cool. There's my PSA out of the way. So, but you're probably wondering. What have I played outside of the book club? What kind of games can your thumb handle? I don't know. That I don't feel like the parody, <laughs> the song I was paradising, came out through in that. So, whatever. You could probably just... Just leave your theories down below in any comments or iTunes reviews. So <laughs> figure out what I was talking about, what I was trying to imitate there. So, oh man, there's been just too many games coming out. And look, I, I, I don't do this as a job. I don't, this isn't like, I'm not a journalist. I don't, I don't make money off the podcast or my YouTube channel in any way. This is all just kind of a side hobby for me making these reviews I don't get anything out of it so I don't actually have the time to like play everything but there has been a lot out and with the time that I do have uh, okay well mm, I'm sorry to the book club followers but several things have kind of eaten up my life (laughs) I'm gonna start off with like the real light ones like, earlier um, earlier this month, I was really into 20XX for a little bit, and then Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. And then Stardew Valley released on the Switch. I don't remember when that happened. Oh, no, it was already out for a while. Uh, my wife, Muko, was like, Dude, Stardew Valley's out on the Switch. I was like, Yeah, I know. And she was like, Why didn't you tell me? I was like, Well, you never asked. You know, if you listen to the podcast, you would know, because I have a release list at the end. She's like, Pfft. Whatever. You know I don't listen to podcasts. I was like, yeah, I know. I know. Whatever. <laughs> um, so she was like, we got to get it. So she bought Stardew Valley. And I had never actually played Stardew Valley. I have Stardew Valley on my computer. But I don't know. Just playing this kind of like Harvest Moon type or Animal Crossing or like Farm Sim or Life Sim type games. Unless it's maybe The Sims doesn't Doesn't feel right on a computer screen. I'm not sure. Like, I can like maybe maybe I'd like uh, maybe I'd like Stardew Valley on the computer if I started throwing down a whole bunch of mods. But I'm not all the way through um, the Switch version yet, only because it's my, my wife has kind of taken over the the Switch because she's she got finally addicted to it. But yeah, that's what I've been playing a lot of Stardew Valley. That's been taking up almost all my free time. And the other one that's been taking up quite a bit of my free time has been Cuphead. <laughs> if um, if uh, you haven't picked up Cuphead, it's available on PC, Steam, and Xbox One. And this game has been in development for, I want to say, at least four or five years. I'm not exactly sure. It's a small indie team. It's all hand-drawn cell, cell animation in the spaghetti noodle style of the nineteen thirties, you know, like Max Fletcher. Uh like uh, Felix the Caddy type or Popeye type cartoons. People people are constantly saying like Old Disney cartoons, Old Disney cartoons. No, no, Max Fletcher. Disney would not go real freaky like this <laughs> with like the weird, like kinda creepy, like, I don't know. Y- y- y'all know what I mean. If you're if you're an animation buff, I, I mentioned Max Fletcher because you'd appreciate that because Max Fletcher is a forgotten person because Disney Disney squashed him. I feel kind of sad about that. But either way, what do I think? What do I think of uh, these games that I, I got addicted to before my thumb accident? Well, uh, damn. Damn. I'm a freaking Cuphead, man. It's like... Okay, so if you don't know what Cuphead is, it's it's not like... I, the biggest draw for Cuphead is, granted, it's, you know, difficulty curve, it's, it's smooth, you know, like arcade-like action and gameplay, but also, of course, the art style because it is beautifully drawn, beautifully animated, and it's just, you know, it's one of those few games that you can just kind of look at and be like, man, this is really fun to watch because it's like just watching like an old cartoon from the 30s, which is funny because my youngest who's a toddler, is obsessed now with Cuphead because he saw me play and he was like, "Ah, oh, what?" Eh, eh, eh. and he wanted to sit on my lap and I was like, okay, fine, you can sit on my lap while I play this. So we started, you know, now he just comes up to my computer and is like, cup, cup, cup. I'm like, dude, baby, baby, I don't have time for this i got i got things to do i i'm i'm not i'm only sitting at the computer to check my email real fast cup cup i'm like okay fine we'll play a little we'll play one round of cuphead i He's like yay yahoo but <laughs> it's cute it's adorable dapper jay but yeah no and then my my older my older sons have gotten really into cuphead purposely got a second um rock candy xbox controller so i can do like co-op and the co-op is fun but it gets intense because there's just so much going on on the screen you went on a tangent what is Cuphead so basically it's a run-and-gun shmup so kind of in the vein of like Contra or Gunstar Heroes or uh, Metal Slug the Metal Slug series if you know that which if you're a shmup fan you probably do of course but yeah it's it is about as good or better than any of those. Because as of right now, I'm really, maybe I got it. I'm, I'm going to have to wait maybe like two months to like two months, maybe four months to really kind of hammer down what my feelings are on Cuphead. All, it's going to be positive. It's going to be very positive. But I want to see in maybe like two months if I still consider it like one of the best, if not the best, 2D running gun I've ever come across. Because dang, is Cuphead tight to play. There's and there's also just enough depth there, and you know frankly what's funny is that the big like controversy that kind of floated around Cuphead for a little bit was uh, a discussion on difficulty. And you know frankly, go go back to playing like the old school Contra on NES. Go go play like Contra Hard Corps. I, I think this was the name of it on Genesis. Go play Gunstar Heroes. Go play Metal Slug. Those games. Are hard cuphead almost have has like i hate saying this but has like almost a dark souls thing going on where it's like as long as you have a plan and you know the enemy that you're coming across as long as you're careful you should be fine and granted i do way better at cuphead than i do at dark souls because i'm i'm a run and gun shmup guy just like deep down inside i'm a running gun shmup guy that's one of the genres I love. So, you know, granted, I I handle myself in solo pretty well. But, you know, I, I don't see a problem with a difficulty curve. Yeah, it's not the most inviting thing in the world, but you got to cater to people that enjoy hard games because I find gratification in it. I find some... I actually find Cuphead relaxing. Like, kind of like how I do uh, find, like, bullet hells relaxing. The ones with, like, thousands, millions of bullets just, like floating across the screen, or like flying across the screen, depending on what kind of boss fight you're going through. You know what I mean? It's like, for some reason, I find that relaxing. I find it rewarding when I get past a difficult area, like either perfectly or with combos or whatever. You know, I don't see a problem. People need to, people need to calm down. And if you want an easier mode, I'm fine with that. It doesn't affect my gameplay. I'm probably not going to be picking playing easy mode anyways, because... I, I, like, I like getting smacked around and beat up. So the harder, the better. But, you know, people were, people were saying there needs to be an easy mode. Because really, when you first play Cuphead, there's a normal mode and then what they call simple mode. And for the storyline itself, so basically Cuphead and Mug, Mugman are like these two kids with cups for his heads. And they get, them, get themselves in trouble by going to the Devil's Casino run by Mr. Dice. And Cuphead gets greedy and bets all or nothing and ends up accidentally betting his soul their souls on the money. And of course they lose because the casino is run by the devil. You know, subtitle of the game is don't deal with the devil. So, you know, obviously, you know, oops. So if you beat the levels or really the boss fights, because it's kind of a boss run, but the bosses are built so beautifully and it's like so creative. Like, with with what kind of bosses you come across. Like, some bosses might have weird platforming segments. Some bosses might have scrolling screens where, like, you, you can't fall down to the bottom. And other ones might be, like, a weird, like, raining shower of, like, projectiles. And um, another one... I, I don't want to give out too much because I don't... I feel like this game can be spoiled if you're a big shmup head, but... Like some bosses are like, it's like all these little mini bosses that come out randomly, and you know some runs you might come across like one mini boss, but if you lose and then try it again, you might not and win that time around. You may not even come across that mini boss, but it's like like little minions of the m- big boss. It's it's kind of interesting. It's really cool, but overall, what was my point? Hold up, brain farts. It's kind of late. I don't I don't know what I was talking about. Point. My point is, I don't have an issue with this difficulty curve. That's what it was. One thing. Okay. So, like, when you beat a boss in normal mode, you get a thing called a soul contract, which the devil is telling you, "Hey, I can let you off the hook if you, as long as you collect the soul contracts of all the people that are in debt with me," which ends up being pretty much everybody on the, in the world. And I'm thinking to myself. Man, no one, no one, no one's living their life without any kind of sin. Is this some kind of deeper parable? <laughs> you win the game if you you get the true ending. If you get all the soul contracts. Now, if you beat a boss in simple mode, you don't get the soul contract, but it's still regarded as oh well, you beat that guy up, so you're still able to progress. Does that make sense? You won't get the true ending, and apparently there might be t- uh, kind of a multiple endings on this where it's like two different endings three different endings or something like that i'm not gonna tell you i'm not gonna tell you you're gonna have to find out for yourself either way one way or other because i haven't actually beaten it all the way through i haven't been able to sit down because of my freaking thumb accident (sighs) because i didn't i didn't pick up cuphead on release i had to wait a little bit but oh my thumb accident this thing has really thrown a a wrench in my chain my a wrench in my (laughs) Got that wrong, a wrench in my uh gears here for like trying to like sit down with some of the games I've been wanting to play recently i'll I'll go into that in a little bit, but overall, cuphead gets a huge thumbs up. I'm going to say it gets like an A grade, maybe like a nine out of ten at the moment. Oh, that's what I was saying. I forget who mentioned it. Maybe it was um on the podquisition with Jim Sterling or the co optional podcast. Where they're saying one easy way to get an easy mode in there would be just add extra HP because that's what really hurts people because like you make one small mistake it can pile up and without any like perks or power ups or whatever you have three you have three HP so you you can only get hit three times in a boss fight or a level so you know some people some people have serious issues with that because some maybe some sequences of a boss fight might be really hard for them or whatever you know while other sequences like in different phases of a boss fight might be easier you know so maybe they're not going to lose any of their health on like phase two but that first phase really throws them in a pickle and they just maybe lose one or two and then it's like you only have one or two like hearts left until the end uh, like by the time the last phase or the last couple phases come through and maybe that's where it gets really hard and maybe if you had that extra piece of hp you'd be able to get through it I don't know. I'm just saying that's one way to make it just easier because frankly I wouldn't say Cuphead is as hard as like some of the old school games and it's not even so much because of mechanics because like something like Contra is is pretty tight. It, it controls really well but it's th- just like barfs a lot of enemies at you. So you know it's it's one of those things why like People needed the thing like the Konami code to give you extra 30 lives. So, you know, just to get through the game. And even then, if you have 30 lives and trying to get through the game, that's still no easy task in Contra. Sometimes some things are just unavoidable. Cuphead, as long as you're smart about your play, things can be avoidable. And you you start getting really good. and It gets really, really gratifying when you start just like breezing through some of the running guns. It is pretty cool. I love it overall cuphead's an awesome game stardew valley what do i think of it finally now that i finally have gotten some good amount of time to sit down with it that is a that stardew valley is a quite an impressive game quite an impressive feat for one person to make i'm absolutely digging it i love it it's it's got kind of the feel it's got the visual feel of like the old SNES harvest moon but obviously there's a bunch of detail going on in in there you know where you would think to yourself okay well this may not be you know snes you know 16-bit era graphics because it's just a little bit too detailed for a 16-bit game uh, 16-bit console of its you know of the 90s so you know but gameplay wise that doesn't graphics don't exactly matter just know that the graphics are are, are pretty charming and it's nice to look at it's not anything bad it's not ugly it's just it is what it is it's 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 like a harvest moon game Maybe on the on the Game Boy Advance, you know that that sort of quality, maybe a, a bit more detailed, bit more sharp, because you're playing on HD screens at this point. Like w- regardless of what system you're on, because I want to say Stardew Valley is pretty much on pretty much on everything outside of and uh, like mobile, or 3DS, maybe Vita. I don't think it's on Vita or 3DS. That's what I'm saying. I don't think it's on Vita, 3DS, or uh, mobile. I want to say it's all just consoles and PCs and computers and stuff stuff things like that either way the gameplay is what really matters time wise time management you do have to be careful about your time management but i wouldn't say it's as like strict as some of like past harvest moon games i can't nothing's really coming to mind at the moment maybe harvest moon 64 was the harder one if i remember right i'm probably getting this wrong but i want to say that it, like overall the game gives you more than enough time it feels kind of like a rune factory in that sense because you have areas that you can explore and dive into like the mines but even if you do that you still have a little bit of time in the beginning of your day to take care of the farm and at the end of the day to take care of the villagers at like the pub or well really the saloon or maybe their houses whatever as long as you're managing your time so that's cool it's not if you're a harvest moon veteran or story of seasons veteran or rune factory veteran or shepherds crossing if if y'all know that game that's a pretty good game but um put that aside for a second we can talk about shepherds crossing at another time it's it's fun but <laughs> you can kill your animals and slaughter them that's what makes it awesome <laughs> it's kind of a gone gone by series but if if you're a veteran to these kind of games you shouldn't have any issue with really your time management it's going to be more like the crafting system because really what stardew valley feels like is like a hybrid behind, between like terraria and harvest moon where like you've got and uh well a hybrid between terraria terraria slash minecraft harvest moon and rune factory because you have a few elements of like exploring and dungeoneering like, but very light, kind of like Rune Factory with a deeper storyline and all that and branching paths. But you've got the crafting and like, like recipe depth and like just world depth that Terraria Minecraft has, but it's still overall like a Harvest Moon-like game, if that makes any sense. So I would highly recommend it if you love Harvest Moon, I would highly recommend it if you love any game like it like story of seasons anyways that's my that's my two cents on that i'm loving it i haven't played it all the way through you know i'm not sure if you can play these kind of games all the way through but what i'm saying is i haven't gotten like super far i've gotten far enough in it to know exactly what it is but i love it i think it gets an a it easily gets an a yeah yeah probably not out of 10 it's just just give it the same grades that Cuphead has. I I have I tend to have good choices when I pick my pick up my games. I don't I don't I'm not one of those metacritic Nazis where I'm just like if it's under 7 I'm not going to play it, you know? Cuz there's a lot of games I love that's under 7, you know, and under 5. What is What is Dapper J doing? He's just like yelling Mario, Mario, Mario. I don't know what's going on. Anyways, point is So yeah, those were the games that basically took over my uh, gaming life outside of the book club. And it actually kind of started hurting my uh, book club games because I was like, No, I kind of just want to play Cuphead right now. No, I I just kind of want to play Stardew Valley right now. I'm really feeling this. I'm really feeling it. And, But after my thumb accident, here's the thing. I was thinking to myself, okay... I'm really worried that I don't want that I don't pop a stitch because it's my cut is in such a weird awkward spot That if I bend my thumb in those early stages of the of my uh, healing Then I might pop a stitch and I'm really worried about that So I've been trying to go very light duty on my left thumb, so I'm thinking to myself Okay, I grab my Xbox controller. I'm like, okay. What can I do? What can I do? All right? Well D pad d-pad's gonna work so i think i can do d-pad games as long as it's not like a cuphead or like a, a platformer where i might get really into it and those kind of things i don't know i i noticed really i noticed something about my gameplay style when it, when i play like a platformer i tend to bend my thumb more but i was able to start playing bullet hells a lot better because of my thumb and i think it's because i'm forcing myself to like hold back i'm not as like gung-ho about it so with that i've actually gotten really back into like finding like bullet hells and because bullet hells all kind of have like this kind of therapeutic thing for me there's personally mentally i have no idea why i've been looking around and i found some cool stuff out there so yeah i can actually kind of play cuphead okay but because it's a run and gun i'm limited so i don't think i can I don't believe I'm going to be able to beat the game for at least another three weeks because my th- the stitches come out in about like a week and a half and I'm not sure like how um, how dexterous my thumb is going to be after I get the stitches out. We'll we'll see. I'm pretty sure I'm going to be fine and I'll be back to normal gameplay ability and gameplay abilities when um, my thumb fully heals. But because of that, you know, I'm just like, I I can't, I can't really play running guns at the moment. And then I realized, messing around on my Xbox controller, you know, testing out my thumb, I'm like, oh man, the D-pad, the, no, the D-pad's not the issue. It's the analog stick. Because you have to have, there's a lot of movement going on. I'm, and I'm like, oh man, this is, this is going to be bad. And I'm thinking to myself, oh man, I'm not sure if there's going to be any way I can play Mario Odyssey. But look, I don't give up. I don't give up. I played Mario Odyssey, and it is awesome. I haven't played a lot of it because I don't want to overstress my thumb, but I've been I've been going at it pretty relaxed, because you know, frankly, 3D platformers are definitely not as intense as 2D. But because I'm using a um, analog stick, you know, uh, I'm bending I'm bending my knuckles, and I don't want to pop that stitch. And because of that, thinking it through, I tried it a little bit, and I was like, yeah, this is probably a bad idea. It doesn't exactly hurt, but this is probably a really bad idea. But twin stick shooters are completely out of the question. So, let's say hypothetically you hurt your thumb the same way I do. And you get stitches in there. What kind of games should you be playing if you want to keep on playing? Like you want it, but you don't want to mess with your left hand. What do you do? What do you do? Well, I actually was thinking to myself, Okay, well this is perfect because the visual novel and text adventure month came in. So as long as I'm typing and only using my right thumb for the space bar, I should be in the clear for all of them text adventures. Visual novels are obvious because that's just, you know, right hand on the mouse. Um, <laughs> might have to get a fight in the, like, a might have to get a, a hit box. So uh, all I'm doing is, you know, using my, my fingers, not my thumb. Um, <laughs> I have noted here the, the flight stick. Uh, yeah, no, I actually ended up trying the flight stick on Cuphead and, my flight, just playing anything with a flight stick is just a challenge in itself. If it's not a game that you would think, oh, that would be great for a flight stick, you know, <laughs> dude, Cuphead, look, since you can rebind the controls on Cuphead, if you already have it and you've got a flight stick, play Cuphead with a flight stick. It's it's going to be awkward. You're going to like it if, if you like hard things. It's going to be fun, but yeah it's it's like i'm sure there's somebody out there that's figured out how to play cuphead with a ddr pad i want to see that that seems stupidly intense anyways where was i going with this so bullet hells let's talk about that Oh, the bullet hell so with my uh, janky thumb with the stitches and all i'm forced to go like very very easily on my thumb and this actually forced me to be more careful when i play and like i said before i'm playing better i'm playing bullet hells better than i ever did because i've completely changed my style and i'm doing really i'm doing i'm doing pretty well not saying i was like really good to begin with but i'm doing better than normal And it's strange because I shouldn't be. Anyways, point is, there's a couple games I found that are really cool. This one is free. It's out on Steam. And it's basically, it's what they call a a Tohu project, or Project Tohu. Or like, it's basically like a really classic, like, Japanese bullet hell Danmaku thing going on. So, I know that's redundant, but, you know, I'm just putting out all the key phrases so you can just type it out and find it. But the game is called Jigoku Kisetsukan Sense of the Seasons. Spelled Jigoku is J-I-G-O-K-U space K-I-S-E-T-S-U-K-A-N. And then Sense of the Seasons. Look that up. It's free to play on Steam. And it's basically, uh, I read one review and it's the, it is what the game is in a nutshell. It's the best way to explain what the game is. It's uh, a poor man's tohu project. So, what is Tohu Project? This is one other thing I discovered. Well, I was like, man, I want to find, like, a whole bunch of bullet hells. And I don't know why I never found this guy before, but apparently he's a small indie dev that's been making, like, um, bullet hell games since the 90s in Japan. And they've only been, like, Japan-only releases. Maybe that's why I didn't know about him. But it's this, uh... The, comp- the current company name, and it's one guy that does this. The current company name is, um... All right, found found the dev name it's called team shanghai alice and it's by one guy and his older uh, dev name was zun z-u-n one fun fact about him i uh discovered was when i was looking looking him up i was uh he had won the guinness book world record for most prolific single gamer like single developer so yes he makes all these games by himself he apparently does all the music all the all the grunt work like programming all the pixel art all the other blah blah blah, and it all comes out on pc so and if if you want to know some terminology and i learned this while i was looking them up it's called uh, a dogen game and that basically means it's a one-man team so uh, the western equivalent would be like undertale with toby fox or um stardew valley with one guy anyways point is i I don't know why i didn't come across that before because i've been looking up shmups for a long time even when i was younger i this guy completely went under my radar so even if you like bullet hells unless you're more hardcore than i am you probably have never heard of this guy i recommend that you look up team shanghai alice now none of his games are out on steam so you're gonna have to actually go to like uh the tohu project wiki and go to external sources and go to like japanese marketplaces because that's where you can buy the games and all is games but one is in japan is like in japanese and not translated to english but you could actually uh translate it into english if you get the patches that are for free so that's cool if you're into that kind of game i recommend looking it up because i've I downloaded the demo to one of his more recent games and that guy that guy's good his his stuff is good the bullet spray and the, the patterns and all that kind of stuff it's it's very well polished and I like it it's it's fun it's good stuff uh, another one that I found in my whole like search for a uh, bullet hells because of my thumb I found this fixed shooter called 1982 and it's it's also free. So it's available on Steam. So go check that out. But it's when I say fixed shooter, basically it's like Galaga or like Space Invaders where the main character is just stuck at the bottom of the screen. And it seems to me that it's slightly randomized, but overall follows like a certain pattern of like certain enemies start coming out, if that makes sense. Oh, I got to write I should write down the other one that I found before I forget it because i still want to talk about 1982 overall really the game is just an homage to like old arcade fixed shooters and it's it's pretty colorful there's a lot of like flashiness but it's not like stupid over the top like hyperspace invaders like i don't mind hyperspace invaders if you've played that game you can look it up on steam if you don't know what i'm talking about but it's not like it's not like seizure inducing that's that's what i'm saying it's not seizure inducing it still has that like flashy neon thing going on but it's not as bad it more focuses on the actual gameplay so i i appreciate that (laughs) because you know you you sometimes play like these super flashy games for like an hour and your eyes are just like make it stop make it stop and i'm just like you know you can you can have a fun game without the the you know the the barf of neon you you can have fun you can you can still feel 80s without a barf of neon look at anything from the 80s it's not a barf of neon like centipede that's a classic there's no neon going on it's not like barfing at your like it's not ripping your retinas out I don't know why maybe maybe they just want to be like maybe they're like well the computers these days can handle it so let's just throw in as much like lighting and particle effects as possible but with 1982 it does have a little bit of that going on but it's not as bad as you think which is why I actually rate Jigoku Kisetsuken higher than 1982 only because well it's not ripping your eyeballs out for attention. Now Echoes Plus is the other one I found. Now this is a twin stick shooter. And this is where I finally decided I'm not going to play any twin stick shooters as my while my thumb is, you know, all my thumb is healing. I just wanted to try it out because it's free <laughs> on Steam and it looked pretty good. It feels a lot it, it takes a lot from like um, geometry geometry wars. No. But, so, what was that called? I'm brain farting geometry maybe it was geometry wars because i'm getting i'm getting mixed up with geometry dash yeah it was geometry wars geometry wars the the main sprite it looks like the tempest guy and it's a twin stick shooter super colorful whole bunch of enemies good variety of enemies on the screen you know awesome twin stick classic twin st- like modern twin stick good game series if you love twin stick shooters like uh maybe like binding of isaac for example but want something that's like bullet helly and hard like really really freaking hard so go check that out if you don't know it but echoes it's more arcadey there aren't there isn't like a whole bunch of modes or anything but it it kind of has like an asteroids vibe only because when you first start out the only enemies on the screen are asteroids floating across the screen they're not really enemies but new enemies get introduced as you progress through the game and aim for a higher score. Really it's a it's a score rush type game. It's not the kind of game that you might get like necessarily addicted to because I'm not sure what there is in terms of like progression or like goals outside of like just trying to get a better score. But overall, I really like the game. It's the the controls are tight. It doesn't actually require that much from my machine in terms of like resources it's pretty good i like it and it's got a real twin stick feel to it which means chaos not so much like a controlled chaos like a bullet hell where it's like you know precision and threading that needle be the thing it's more like being able to dodge and react as quickly as possible like geometry wars so if you're into that go look up echoes plus I highly recommend it it's it's got a real classy vibe to it anyways what other kind of games am i still able to play with my thumb basically my entire library of bullet hells which i'm not gonna i'm not gonna list through for you i've got a bunch of them what are some notable ones though i guess refrain would be a notable one because i like that game um but not as much as like blue revolver or crimson clover those are better i should probably stay away from blit and bit blaster I feel like uh, Bad Caterpillar might be a bad idea because I tend to, like, smash the button on that one. Maybe Star Mazer. Star Mazer DSP. There's a good one. Um, oh, Switch and Shoot would be real easy because that's just a one-button game. It's like a super bargain game on Steam. And I think it's the early access is free on Android. I could be wrong. Yeah, or the X-Zeal series. Zeal series what I don't I don't know what the series is called but it's a I want to say it stems from the arcades I don't know that series very well but regardless of that those those there's some of the notable ones I have Uh, let's see oh console wise I suppose Raiden and uh, um, Gradius might be okay I haven't tried those out with my thumb yet I I have a lot of shmups Uh, I, I have a lot of shmups in my personal library I think I have an addiction issue to a certain genre. I'm not sure. What were some other games? Obviously Starcraft, Civilization, any kind of strategy game where it's mostly just mouse work and maybe a few keystrokes here and there. So, you know, I was like, okay, we could do that. Uh, But yeah, oh, traditional RPGs, even if I have to use the analog stick, uh, Mooka was telling me that when she'd get like really lazy when she was a kid, she'd just like twiddle around with her pointer finger. And I was thinking to myself, well, you know, JRPGs don't require, like, reflex. So I'm sure I can do that, you know. Final note on here is before I actually, I wrote these notes a while ago because I was meaning to record this episode a while you know, like last week. But uh, personal things came up and I couldn't get to it. But uh it says stay away from Cuphead. <laughs> i think this is like take three of recording the halloween special it's been a busy busy month in my personal life i haven't been able to do anything hopefully next month is going to be easier maybe i can maybe i'll go into detail later about what i'm thinking about doing with this podcast because i've got some i've said this before but i've got big ideas big ideas i think i'm gonna throw a lot of concentration towards it i'm not sure we'll see important gaming news that i care about so there's been a lot of news in the gaming world so i'm only going to cover like a few things because i don't like i said before like i always say i don't want to just be another parrot Uh, this ain't your mom pa's gaming podcast this is just some grumpy old gamer ranting and rambling into the void remembering the good old days so Sad news, EA closes Visceral Studios. (sighs) Look, you might be sad, you might be surprised, you might be thinking to yourself, oh, well, we're never gonna see Dante's Inferno again. We'll never see Dead Space again. You're probably right on that. And no, we may never see a, a single player focused Star Wars game ever again. And that's really sad. But, you know, was I surprised? No. It's EA. What do you, what at this point any time EA buys out another company, I think it's safe to assume that company will shut down within a few years. Just just expect it. Just be like, "Oh, okay, that company's going to go out of business pretty soon. That that studio is going to get shut down because EA is a monster and they like to give you your eternal anguish. That's what they do." But with this, what do I have noted here? Um, about that Star Wars game, it could have been good. I'm not sure. You know, Visceral, has, Visceral does a good job. They Well, they did a good job. They they were great before they got bought by EA. When they finally got bought by EA, you know, so, it, 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 uh, big bigger fans than me would say, well, the feeling changed. And I wouldn't be surprised about that because it's not something I would have... You know, it's not something, it's, it's something I, I've seen in the past with EA bought properties and stuff. EA, EA can't make games. We need to understand that. They're like Konami, but far bigger and scarier because they will destroy companies you love. Unlike Konami, that just doesn't care. Does that make sense? Konami may not be a good company, but EA will destroy companies. They are the, the behemoth of this, of the gaming industry they they consume they destroy they're out to conquer that's all they want so in terms of the star wars game yeah it could have been good i'm not familiar enough with dead space or the visceral you know visceral studios or anything but you know i'm i'm kind of sad because i was actually kind of looking forward to a single player star wars game i, I would have been like you know i've been i've been wanting something like that for a while you know, like the good old, like the good old days, like, uh, crap, what was that called? Not Rogue Squadron, that's a good game though, or Rebel Assault, Rebel Assault 2 was really good, for its time, for its time, we'll, we'll say that for its time, as I, uh, recently picked that up, like a few years ago, it hasn't really aged well, still fun, but it hasn't really aged well, uh, what was it, what was it, um, was it Dark Forces? Yeah, I played the 64 version, because that's what I had when I was a kid growing up didn't have the PC or Mac version. But yeah, I think it was Dark Forces. Just look that up. I'm gonna, just look it's gonna bother me. Yeah, Star Wars, Dark Forces. Ha. Huh? Yeah, yeah, Dark Forces. Nine out of ten on Steam. Four point four on GOG. Four point five out of five on my abandoned Wear. Yes, Dark Forces was pretty good. Kinda empty from what I remember last time I played and when I say last time I played I played it within the past like seven years but it was still fun it was still pretty good you know definitely not the best first person shooter of its time it's only fun because it's Star Wars and if I remember right you get those Wilhelm screams every once in a while but you know thinking about like these older games and single-player campaigns it's not gonna happen anymore I'm sorry Uh, I do have noted here, it makes me sad, since there ain't any more good single-player Star Wars games outside of possibly the Lego games, if you can really call that single-player, since co-op is obviously the focus for the higher fun factor of roughly 10.21 out of pi. Why did I write that? I, I write this most incoherent notes. But my point is, look, we should have seen this coming once ea bought this role whenever that happened i don't remember it was like several years ago right it's just another studio ea ate and killed which um reminds me of the the moniker that i've given them always like eternal anguish eater of all or evil agony is the new one that i thought up the other day but yeah but this made me curious this made me curious and i looked it up and i typed out a I, uh, typed out a few uh small devs and big devs a nice little list of all the companies EA has pooped out and eaten and destroyed and some other popular games. Maxis. For all intents and purposes, yes, the Maxis brand is still technically around, but Maxis is dead. Let's face the facts here, Maxis is gone. Maxis has been known for um SimCity, The Sims, SimEarth, Sim Ant all the sim games, all the, all the creations of Will Wright, and as far as I know, Will Wright doesn't work for EA anymore. Well, actually, this was funny, because, um, like, a couple days ago, Larry Bundy Jr., aka Guru Larry, came out with a video of five, uh, devs that got destroyed by, or that, that were destroyed by EA, and I, I watched that, that was pretty good, but there were, there's a few others here that, you know, Danger Close, creator of, um, Medal of Honor, also known as EA Los Angeles, and before DreamWorks Interactive, Westwood Studios, popular for uh, Command and Conquer and some other stuff. Origin, which did Ultima and Wing Commander, which makes me sad because I love Wing Commander. I love um, Command and Conquer. There's also Bullfrog, where um, he was <laughs> Larry Bundy was like Peter Molyneux. He always he always throws crap at Peter Molyneux every video, but he was like you know this one time. He's like, he's saying, look, I'm not saying I have, I absolutely hate Peter Molyneux because (laughs) blah, blah, Bullfrog Studios, Dungeon Keeper, what have you. There's also Mnemonic Studios that did uh, Spellforce and Battleforge, Blackbox Games, the creators of Need for Speed and Skate. And one he didn't mention, but I'm going to mention because I always mention it every time I talk about EA being absolute garbage of a company is popcap. Popcap for all intents and purposes is a dying husk of a soulless shell of what it used to be. And it makes me sad cuz I loved Popcap games when they were big. Granted, Popcap hasn't been around for like super long, and so I didn't grow up with it when I was a kid, but when I discovered them when I was like in either in uh high school or college, I was like these guys are awesome. These guys Are definitely my favorite puzzle game company of all time, and then they got bought by EA, and I was like, "Oh, this, this could be bad." At that point, I think I wasn't like completely on the bandwagon of absolutely hating EA and not buying EA products, but with that, yeah, I think PopCap was the the eye opener for me. It was like yeah westwood got bought and i didn't i don't think i i knew that westwood got bought i don't think i knew that origin got bought i just knew command and conquer games and wing commander games hadn't been coming out like on schedule that you'd think they would or ultima so you know that kind of stuff but (sighs) EA they've done it again moving on to some other kind of fun news just, this is old news, but the SNES Classic Mini is in stores mostly, and again, Reggie fils did state before, do not buy from the scalpers, buy at MSRP, don't buy for like stupid prices at like over $100, you know what I mean, because really the, the console itself is only $80, well, only in quotes, it's $80, but like, or $70 or whatever it was, regardless of that, it's like, don't, don't buy it at at a higher price go to go to target or bed bath and beyond or whatever you know what i mean just do that with that something interesting that popped up a rumor of a patent for a game boy leaked out i'm not sure what this means this could mean a game boy classic edition and if they do have a game boy classic edition i'm not on like the big uh bandwagon of being like well there's no need for that that sounds dumb that sounds stupid personally i'm thinking to myself No, no, that's not dumb. That's actually, that would actually pretty, pretty bad A. Because if we're talking about Game Boy games and Game Boy Advance games on that one system, the the library of choices of excellent games is just too big. So let's, let's, let's bring it down to Game Boy, Game Boy Color. Because, damn, that'd be just too big. You could easily fill up 20 games, 30 games, 50 games. I could probably give you a good list, a very good list of a hundred games that were all just game boy and game boy color games here's so i made a I i actually typed out a list of things but uh before i really talk about this this kind of thing happened before the snes classic came out and before the nes classic came out so it's i think it might be pretty safe to like assume that a game boy classic edition might come out I'm guessing it wouldn't come out it's definitely not coming out this year. If it's coming out next year, it's going to be very late last year, like next year's holiday season around like think uh, American Thanksgiving and Christmas. but like so that's like the the months of November, December, maybe October, next year. But if it does come out, I would expect it to come out in 2019, probably. I'm not sure. It's, it's too hard to guess. They, Nintendo's got too many things on their plates. They're, they're re-releasing, re-releasing the NES Classic. They're uh, pumping up Switch production, all sorts of stuff. So it's, they've got a lot on their plates in terms of their factories trying to output like actual products, like hard products. So I'm assuming like 2019, at the very, very earliest, the next holiday season. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't bet on that. But with this, some I, I was reading from a, a game journalist site. I don't remember which one, but they were like, "I don't see the point in this. There's nothing good on the Game Boy." I'm thinking to myself, "Are, are you Serial Dog? Are you Serial?" So the first thing that came to my mind that people would love and hang on to was obviously Tetris. So yeah, it's that in itself, okay. Granted, you're not going to want to buy a 50 to $80 Tetris machine. That's stupid. But with everything else you can throw on, what else could you throw on? Now, hypothetically, if there was a Game Boy Classic Edition, you have to have Tetris, even though it is a third party. Nintendo will make the way, find a way to license that out. They have to have that. That's their Tetris is like the biggest selling. <laughs> I want to say Tetris, the Game Boy Edition, was like the... The biggest selling game of all time. So, you know, you have to have it. It's obviously the biggest poster child of the Game Boy. But what, else, what other kind of games are there on the Game Boy? To get you thinking of like, oh, actually this is a good idea. Let me sell you on this idea. I don't, I'm not saying go buy a Game Boy Classic when it comes out. I'm just saying like if uh, you're into building your own Raspberry Pi emulator or if you're into collecting Game Boy games, here's a fun list so first party titles obviously these would be easy for nintendo to throw out i've got dr mario legend of zelda links awakening legend of zelda oracle of ages and oracle of seasons pokemon red blue and yellow pokemon gold silver and crystal pokemon Pimble. pokemon tcg well the trading card game pokemon puzzle league super mario land one and two wario land two and three kirby kirby's dreamland one two and three metroid 2 samus returns donkey kong Super Mario Brothers Deluxe, Mario Pit Cross, Golf, Golf, Tennis, Kirby's Block Ball, Yoshi, the that weird like egg puzzle game thing, Donkey Kong Land. Uh, third-party games I've got: Castlevania, Final Fantasy Adventures, Shantae, Metal Gear Solid, G- Great uh, Gators Revenge, Keeks, Gargoyles Quest, Pac-Man, Ms. Pac-Man, Galaga Gal- Galax, uh, the Galaga Galaxian combo, Contra. Kid, Kid Dracula, Mega Man, well, the Mega Man series, Tetris Attack, The Harvest Moon One, Two, and Three, the R-Type series. I forget how many came out on the Game Boy, but um, and on here I said I typed out the list never ends. I've got Radar Mission, Burger Time Deluxe, Balloon Kid, Dragon Warrior Monsters, Lufia, Dragon Quest Three, Bases Loaded, Avenging Spirit, Bomberman bomb jack even though i think that's a garbage game but for some reason people love it you've got bonks revenge legend of the river king one and two i believe uh and side pocket and if you want to talk about obscure games or games that i don't think would happen you've got tetris 2 tetris blast zoop mr doe bugs bunny crazy castle one two and three prince of persia Paperboy. so really and i didn't actually really think this list through I wasn't actually, like, sitting down for a very long time. I, I pooped out this list within, like, 10 minutes. I was like, okay, find me a list of the best. And I was like, okay, I like these ones. Let's type these out. And I was thinking to myself in my head, oh, yeah, that reminds me. Contra, yeah, Contra was pretty good. Uh, Keeks was pretty good. Gator's Revenge I love, you know, even though it's a pinball game. But, you know, you don't have any pinball games on this. So I was like, okay, whatever, let's throw that in. Um, oh, Alleyway. Alleyway is a good one that's a first party title i don't know why i'm typing this out on my notes i'm gonna i'm never gonna come across these notes ever again but alleyway is a good one yeah thinking about kirby's block ball there you go i just thought of another one they just they just pour out of every single orifice of the game boy just fun games that you can pick up and play a good lot of them are casual obviously but you know a good lot of them do have some depth like dragon quest or zelda or pokemon you know yeah, you know, it's just like, or Metroid Two, they they have they're varying degrees of like complexity and playability and like a nice variety. So really, what am I trying to say? A list of thirty to sixty core games, or even a hundred games, can easily fill up. So really, as long as the price is right, I can see this being an easy buy for for most people. My end verdict is with Nintendo's giant list of first-party games alone, it's I don't see why they wouldn't do a G- Game Boy Classic edition. It's going to be really easy. Granted, I would love to see Crazy Castle on the list, but um Warner Brothers owns the rights to Bugs Bunny. So, I don't remember who made Crazy Castle, what developer, but you know, it's if you don't have Ca- if you don't have a uh, Crazy Castle, I think I'm okay with that, but You know it's all it's all good stuff there's a lot of like third-party stuff too that's not even just that like um mr doe and i believe that's owned by ocean maybe i don't know i don't remember but i love mr doe if mr doe can get on the list that'd be cool i highly doubt he would because he's kind of obscure well at this point he's very obscure like it's an old arcade series anyways it looks like it might happen so that's cool i'm cool with that i'm okay with that now don't ask me about Game Boy Advance games or Game Boy Advance Classic Edition, because I'd, I'm going to have to sit down with that one and really think out a whole bunch, because the library on that is just monstrous itself. Obviously, you've got Pokemon. You've got all the Super Mario games. You've got you even got Sonic Advance. Those games are pretty good. It's just, it, it, it gets ridiculous. It just gets just gets ridiculous. Now something else that I, I uh, typed out here in my notes, thinking about like these retro consoles and whatever, like, playing to nostalgia, pandering to us older folk. You know, I was thinking to myself, oh yeah, well this is technically old news, but I, I don't think I've ever mentioned it on the podcast, but the Super Retrocade, I be- uh, the p- price is like 60 bucks, American dollars. And I uh, looked up on the site, it said there's over 90 games, which probably means like 91. And basically, it's a Data East Capcom machine. So that's cool. I'm okay with that. Let's click on the website real fast, because I don't always trust my notes. Yeah, $59.99. Basically $60. Some of the games include Mega Man 2, Strider, Final Fight, Bad Dudes, Burger Time, 1943, Ghosts and Goblins, Mega Man 3, Knights of the Round... Sun Sun, Fighters History, Captain Commando It's a little hard to read. Joe and Mac and Side Pocket. Um Nineteen Forty on the list. It's a done deal for me. No. <laughs> I wouldn't buy a a sixty dollar <laughs> nineteen forty three machine. Oh man, my stitches are itching. I'm gonna stop talking about that because that's gross. Y'all probably don't want to hear about it. Anywho, yeah, bad dudes, if I remember right, that's a that's a beat 'em up. Yeah, so it doesn't have uh, a release date yet, but for like 90-ish games, over 90 games, whatever, with a lot of uh, Data East and Capcom stuff in there, for $60, bucks, that is actually a really good deal. And it's by RetroBit. And as far as I know, RetroBit tends to make pretty decent stuff. So I would assume that it wouldn't be like super cheap quality. It should be pretty decent quality for what it is and it looks like it's got usb hookups and uh 10 foot super retro controllers that's what it says on the site so i'm assuming yeah it comes with two controllers and the six button usb controllers are compatible with your mac and pc that's what it says there's also a save state function so you know that's all pretty cool you know honestly If you're gonna buy like a plug-and-play anytime this year, like a retro plug-and-play, I might have to recommend this one. Unless you really want those RPGs on the SNES Classic. It says available holiday season 2017. Hasn't released yet. So I'm assuming maybe it's coming out on like Black Friday. Because that's the big American shopping day. And who knows. Hopefully they come out with it soon because I'm really curious about this. I'm not gonna buy it day one. I'm not one of those. I'm not usually one of those kind of guys. I'm not usually one to buy things day one. Oh, that reminds me. Thinking about buying things on day one. Oh snap! Hold up, hold up. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta. It's it's, it's past midnight. Oh oh snap! oh Snap 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 snap. Ah, snap. Oh, I gotta wait six hours. Okay. Bubsy the Woolly Strike Back is releasing in six hours. So I got to record for the next six hours and then you can have like live footage of me playing like, well, audio footage. This was like the other big like game I was excited for this year. All the other ones have come out. There was already like Breath of the Wild. You had Cuphead. You had Sonic Odyssey. I said Sonic Odyssey because I saw Sonic Mania here. Sonic Mania. And then, um, yeah, you had Sonic Odyssey and uh, Mario Mania. Yeah, those games, those games already came out. So I was like, okay. Shabam. Yeah, Cave Story Plus is only $15 regular price on Steam. What the balls? Why is it 30 bucks on the Switch? Seriously. Seriously, guys. Seriously. When did this release? 2011. Yeah. Drop the price, son. Drop the price. Oh, uh, anyways, yeah. I'm not usually one to uh, get things on day one. So once the retro bit, super retrocade drops, maybe... Unless you're really excited for it and put a lot of trust in Retrobit, sure, go get it. I'm not stopping you. I can't stop you. But I personally, I'm going to wait for those day one reviews of people being like, well, it feels kind of cheap, you know, like, I don't know, it feels good. It feels good in the hands. These games are fun, you know. People that don't really know what they're talking about. But, you know, you can kind of get an idea of what how good the product actually is. So hopefully... Hopefully it's good. You know, what's funny is I'm not, you know, you wouldn't think I'm the kind of buyer that would buy these kind of things because I'm, I'm already a retro retro game fan and all that, and I got a computer, and I may or may not have emulators on my computer for certain things, you know. So I may not be, you know, you may think to yourself, well, you're probably not the, you know, target audience here. And I'm, yeah, you're kind of right about that because... The real thing is about as good as it gets. And why pay for something when you can get for something for free? But here's the thing. I'm I'm a sucker for this kind of junk. I buy virtual console games. I buy... Uh, I love plug-and-plays. So, oops. <laughs> it's just... It's, it's a thing. It's a thing. So, if I'm going to get any plug-and-play this year, it's probably going to be this one. Just saying. It's got an awesome list from... everything that it sounds like we'll see i don't know let's finish that up oh yeah that reminds me the thing about plug-and-plays um something funny i heard this on the go nintendo podcast apparently last month the highest selling console of last month was not the switch the switch was number two and no it's not the ps4 it was a snes classic mini (laughs) <laughs> with like three million or whatever how many million sold i don't know but they didn't i don't think they gave a number let's let's look this up that's gonna now i'm curious no nope. i don't know i'm assuming it's over 2 million i know Vg charts isn't the most reliable thing in the world but bleh, whatever i don't know Oh, this is as of September, too. They're not really up to date. Okay, well, September 9th, of all things. So, hmm. Somehow, nac 2 is on their top 10 of global sales, sales uh, sellers. Why Why did people fall for that? Why Why y'all buy nac 2? Well, maybe it's because there's no, like, super family-friendly platformer on the PS4, but I know there is. There's gotta be. They do exist, just, it's not looking hard enough. Oh, so, oh, ouch. The Xbox one just isn't selling in Japan. I'm not surprised about that. Why, this isn't news, this isn't news. <laughs> that's funny, that's sad. Anyways, whatever, the VG charts is unreliable. I don't like using them as a source let what, what was I talking about? I don't know. Oh, okay. So let's just let's just end this segment with fun fact that I learned the other day. I think it was on the CadCast that I heard another podcast I listened to. Um, no, maybe it wasn't CadCast. I don't know. Uh, the Tekken Tekken game series as a whole has outsold Street Fighter by roughly five million. Maybe that was Go Nintendo again. I don't know, but whatever. Tekken has outsold Street Fighter over the years as a franchise by roughly five million. I don't remember what the numbers were. So, yeah, let's let's carry on. game book club so zombies ate my neighbors this uh book club we played the snes and the genesis versions and we're gonna pit them against each other now mind you kind of like the count i didn't really play these because cuphead and stardew valley and and then as of really recent mario odyssey and then cuphead kind of like re reigniting my love for shmups and then like this past like five days with my thumb i've just been like oh uh well mm, i just want to play i just want to play a bullet hell now because i don't i barely have to move my thumb for that so i didn't really get to play a whole lot the one that out of these choices the 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 games that i did play the most of was was zombies ate my neighbors this super nintendo version and the genesis version so we were going to pit these two against each other this halloween because they're classic horror themed games from the 90s fun wacky kind of top downy shooters stuff so which one was better and you know at first thought you know i didn't maybe it was because i i don't have that much experience with the super nintendo version i originally thought that the genesis version would beat out the snes version but that wasn't the case and i'll i'll explain my case here and i feel kind of sad because I figured my Genesis bias would win this one. But the clear victor is the Super Nintendo. Now, as I said before, I didn't actually play this game all the way through. I didn't really sit down with it for like hours and hours on end. but So I didn't get very far in it because it was actually pretty hard. So and regardless of that, the reasons why is graphically the game just looks better on the SNES. And musically, the game just sounds better on the SNES. Control wise, they're about the same. It's not, I wouldn't say there's any like big difference there. Now, um, the UI was kind of interesting. The UI is kind of fixed on the Genesis, so it actually kind of uh, smashed things a little bit, like graphically. And it made me curious, and I confirmed it because I looked it up and I was like, why? Why is this the case? And my gut feeling was correct. I think I think the history was that the Genesis version was made after the SNES. So it's kind of like a a port. You know what I mean? Like one was ported to the other. The SNES version was ported to the Genesis. And I think that kind of shows. And it was a matter of just slight laziness. Does this mean that the Genesis version is bad? No, no, no. no. I'm not saying that. The Genesis version is still very fun. Um, in terms of differences, I'm not sure if there's many differences outside of, you know, Um, Everything that you see right there. So really the difference, you know, saying which game is better than the other Isn't like that big of a big of a deal. It just really depends on what do you like better? But frankly the music is way better on the Super Nintendo Oh my gosh, and it makes me kind of like kind of cringe a little because I'm thinking to myself yo, man, the Genesis should be able to do some pretty awesome sick stuff but maybe they just didn't have the time, the developers that is. Maybe they were kind of rushed. Maybe they were crunched. Who knows? But overall, I'd have to say, just from what I saw, the SNES version seems like it was the better version, and that makes me sad, because you know, I'm not. I've I've compared uh, Super Nintendo games and Genesis games in the past, just personally, and it's usually kind of a half and half fight. But I tend to lean towards the Genesis. Like, a good example would be The Lion King. I've played the SNES version. I've played the Super Nintendo version. But, frankly, I think the Super Nintendo version kind of looks like garbage. And, yeah, okay, sure, you get the softer tones in the Super Nintendo musically. But for some reason, it kind of fits with the Genesis. And it works. And they, they did a good job making that port. It's just, I don't know. It... It feels it feels more it feels more like a f- finished product when you play the Genesis version of Lion King versus the Super Nintendo version. It's just like because you get like different kind of color palettes and different kind of like just the way the graphics work. And I know the graphics on the Super Nintendo, the chip, like the, the the graphics chip and all that, is better on the Super Nintendo. But you know sometimes when you like make a game for one console. Versus the other, sometimes it just translates better to uh, a certain console, and I thought that was going to happen with this one. Again, like as like I said, I have a bias, but my my gut was wrong, and uh, the Super Nintendo won this match. So let's let's actually let's make this a little thing here. SNES Gen One Four Zombies Eight. There you go. Genesis zero there we go I'm making a little scoreboard here so if I do this again we'll have a scoreboard I'm not gonna do this again until maybe like December we'll do we'll do it December I'll find a game that we can like compare maybe it's gonna be Bubsy actually screw it let's do Bubsy next month (laughs) all right dang it that way we can that way we can say we're celebrating the, the release of Bubsy I can find a I'll, I can find a copy of the SNES version easy. That shouldn't be hard, right? Okay. If you're curious, Bubsy is going for like 15, 13 bucks on the internet for the Super Nintendo. Bubsy for the Sega Genesis is going anywhere in between nine dollars to eighteen dollars. So there you go. Oh, that's Bubsy too. Let's talk about Will's Bubsy Sega Genesis eight dollars. There you go. That's, that's 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 actually a pretty good price. It's a lot better than I thought, so yeah, let's let's do that for the next book club. Anyways, I don't know. I don't have much to say about Zombies Ate My Neighbors. It's still fun. I still got a kick out of it. I might come back to it pretty soon. I don't know. We'll see. There's just too many things to play right now. Once things start slowing down in the gaming sphere for my own personal entertainment, and I feel like picking up the Genesis or the SNES, you know, maybe maybe I'll play Zombies Ate My Neighbors because I like that difficulty curve. And I kind of want to see how far I can get without like really using any continues or like any cheats. I like I like doing that. That's kinda, that kind of stuff is kind of fun. It's see if I still have my uh see if I still have my groove. How far did I get? Not very far. I think I got up to like level 8. <laughs> Not far at all. Some of the some of those guys get like hard. So, The Count by Scott Adams. Look, I'll be honest. I didn't even read the book. I didn't read the book this time. I just, I just got too obsessed with Cuphead. I was like, I want this shmup action. I want it. I want it. And I played a little bit. And I was like, oh my gosh, I forgot how hard this was. I, I, my, my ego is stopping me from picking up a walkthrough until like two days ago. I was like, okay, let's look up the walkthrough and see what, what I had to do to even get through the first night because I kept dying. I kept messing up i kept i probably was just i don't i don't know what i was doing wrong but i realized it's kind of a careful like uh, it's a little bit of rng because you've got that timer but like uh in some events i believe but if you didn't play the game basic story is uh you're staying out at uh, count dracula's castle and you got to survive three nights and by the third night you kill the you kill the count and escape And this includes like exploring the castle picking up items like your usual adventure game kind of uh stuff but one neat thing about this one text adventure was that you uh had a timer going on so you had a turn limit as well so any so you could only explore the castle to such a degree before it turning into nighttime and at that point you have to head back to your room so and go back to sleep make sure that you're secure and safe so that so the count doesn't suck your blood during the night so that's cool now if you got through it without the walkthrough kudos to you 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 didn't get sidetracked like me i'm sorry i failed (laughs) y'all i uh i figure well you know look i'm gonna i'm gonna be playing a whole bunch of text adventures and visual novels anyways next month for next month coming up very soon And if bullet hells don't take over my life, if Mario Odyssey doesn't take over my life, hopefully I can get through them. We'll see. (laughs) problem about holding a book club with, like, games that aren't in, like, the popular, like, uh, beat of uh, things. Let's just throw Mario Odyssey on the book club. Screw it. There you go. It's on the list now. So, yeah. Do I still... Look, okay, so I can't really give you a good recommendation of whether or not I think the count still holds up. Because I didn't really play a whole bunch of it, and I didn't really play it for all intents and purposes. I think I played maybe like 15 minutes, and I was like, I I, I, I want to play Cuphead. I want to play Cuphead, because by the time I sat down with, uh, I should have played the count first. That's what I should have done. I shouldn't have played Zombies Ate My Neighbors as my uh, little book club assignment. I should have... I should have saved that for later because that's an easy pickup and play. Count is not really an easy pickup and play. You kind of have to sit down and think your way through it. And freaking Cuphead. Addictive. Addictive as all hell. Let's just say that. So, I apologize. I failed this book club. (laughs) At least I played Zombies Ate My Neighbors, SNES and Genesis versions. And they were fun. So, but what do do I think the count still holds up? Uh, yeah. But it's a very niche audience. It's it's kind of my game. I still enjoy those kind of games every once in a while. I, I love those kind of games. They they hold a nice little place in my heart, but I really don't think it's a good beginner text adventure. There's there's a few mechanics going on that aren't as straightforward as you'd think. There's a little bit of moon logic maybe. But yeah, I was looking through the walkthrough a couple of days ago and I was like, oh boy, yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't have gotten that down in like an hour or two or three. This would have taken me, you know, this actually sitting down for maybe a few days without a walkthrough, maybe like two weeks without a walkthrough, like really thinking things out and testing things out. Uh, Obviously, two weeks, not like nonstop play, but like two weeks of like on and off play. But if I was nonstop playing, I could probably get it done in a few days, maybe like a week. I don't know. It really depends. my free time is weird. I don't always have time to sit down for like an hour, you know. So. Yeah, that's the games for this month. So next month, what are we playing? Our next book club, really? Because next month, I'm actually hopefully starting my uh, spin off pods and all that kind of stuff. And maybe a new RSS feed. I'll let you know if that actually happens or not. We'll see. I want to see what the feedback is here. Because I, I uh, asked on Reddit in a thread that's not connected to my podcast, and I wasn't even mentioning that I had a podcast, but I was just saying, oh, I'm doing this for research. But like uh, this kind of thing where it's like, what do you all think of mini pods, basically? And people were saying, some people were saying like, oh, they're okay, some people were like saying, oh, they're they're not okay because they get in the way. I, I only like, you know, certain types of content and the extra content gets annoying, and that's what causes me to unsubscribe because I'm constantly getting notifications for things I don't listen to. So I'm thinking to myself, okay, that, make, that makes absolute sense. I get, I get this. I get it. At the same time, you know, there are some podcasts out there that do spinoffs, and they're successful. So I feel like as long as I don't diverge too far from the path, as long as I don't make some, like, really small mini-pod that diverges from the path i should be in the clear but we'll test this out we'll see hopefully this starts next month maybe in december i don't know it really depends on my free time because of the moving situation and all that did i did i mention that or did i not go into detail about that anyways yeah the moving situation whatever personal life all sorts of stuff we'll see if i have the time to do this because as of now i don't really even have the time to do the let's plays so i'm just like okay let's just hammer and buckle down on the podcast when I get the time. So, what's the next podcast's uh, uh, book club? Before I threw in the SNES versus Genesis Bubsy and Super Mario Odyssey, I had Fault Milestone 1 that's available on Steam. Doki Doki Literature Club, which is free on Steam. It's a visual novel. Both of those are visual novels. Fault Milestone 1 is more of a kinetic novel. So that's a real easy one to do because you're not even making choices. You're basically just reading a picture book um, with pretty art and all that a midsummer's night choice which is a choose your own adventure um game book kind of thing you have um the last one on here is red moon by david williamson simon aspenwell Pete austin and james horsler which is gargoyle friendly but other interpreters work as well it's another text adventure like old school text adventure so those were the four ones again that's fault milestone one which is a kinetic novel available on Steam. I want to say the regular price is 15 bucks. Doki Doki Literature Club, which is free on Steam, is a visual novel. A Midsummer's Night Choice, which is available on PC, Steam, Android, and iOS. I want to say the regular price is maybe like 3 or 4 bucks. And then Red Moon by David Williamson, Simon Aspenwell, Pete Austin, and James Horsler, which is available again on the ifdb the interactive fiction database for free but you will need an interpreter for that just like the count so that should be able to run on any pc mac linux and if you have an android or iphone ios type interpreter that should work as well if you don't mind using the touch screen so those are the games for next the next book club um maybe we'll just throw in an extra mini pod like mini pod quote in quotes it's probably going to be like an hour or two long but with the snes and genesis snes versus genesis cage fight with bubsy to celebrate the release of bubsy super mario odyssey obviously and look okay here we go next book this is all yes i'm i this disorganized i'm this disorganized when it comes to the podcast next podcast is going to be a smaller slightly smaller one with um bubsy super nintendo versus genesis and super mario odyssey and i'll talk about how far i got in super mario odyssey i don't imagine i'd be i would be able to beat the game by then because i don't necessarily have the time because from what it looks like and from what it sounds like from other people it's a massive game so maybe it's going to be just more like thoughts and things that i've come across at this point you know what I mean? at that point kind of like a breath of the wild situation because that game is massive And then the book club after that is going to be Fault Milestone One, Doki Doki Literature Club. This is all going to be written down in the description below. (laughs) And hopefully, hopefully there's going to be another podcast at the end of November. Because I want to try to get at least three podcasts in for November. Talking about, you know, visual novels and interactive fictions that I come across or play on the side. And we can talk about that kind of stuff. Maybe some history. Maybe some cool stuff. Because I... I forgot to mention that I'm doing something special because this is the Pongtober special, Pongtoberfest special, Halloween special, that I'm doing something special at the end of this podcast, so stay tuned for that. Um, My notes are terrible. I listed, I started listing a whole bunch of bullet hells. I have Jigoku on here again, 1982 on here again, Refrain again, Cuphead, and Muchimuchi Pork, parentheses MAME, because I moochie moochie pork might be my favorite bullet hell of all time (laughs) because i'm i might be a terrible person whatever this this whole sequence just fell apart it's all all this information is in the description below go check it out let's just let's try to save this podcast with um something i like to call the ign ign news of the week so this isn't exactly new news but um you probably heard about it if you pay attention to the beat of uh gaming news ign has bought humble bundle (sighs) if it's not ea it's ign if it's not ign it's ea if it's not ea it's konami if it's not this it's that it's this and that and this and that and people people are all up in arms about this humble bundle acquisition with ign because humble bundle is a good company that sets apart a good amount of their sales to charities or whatever right and they give you good deals on games and the sales go to charities that's a great thing that's a great ideal ideal idea, ideal idea that's a great awesome thing that they do and then you've got IGN they're not exactly putting down IGN or anything but they are a game journalist company and they put game advertisements on things and they give games ratings and if a game has a good rating, it's probably going to sell better. Now, if IGN starts becoming a publisher uh, or a marketplace for games, what's to say they're not going to purposely give a high, higher score to something that doesn't necessarily deserve it, just to make a few extra bucks? It's happened in the past. And this doesn't just happen in um, gaming. This happens in a lot of um, outlets and stuff people getting paid off to uh, give good reviews or whatever you know that kind of stuff you see it in every sector of business and commentary or whatever you know uh not sure what to think about this i think i need to actually wait and see what happens because i'm kind of expecting the worst but at the same time let's try to give ign the benefit of the doubt Maybe. Just underline that, maybe, but I don't think this is the end of the Humble Bundle name. But, I don't know, we'll see. But guess what, that's not the only story I've got this week. I've got another fun one, actually. If um, I'll leave a link down below in the description if you want to see the video. But it, IGN put out a small video of Jeff Goldblum responding to IGN comments for Thor Ragnarok. Which, I didn't realize Jeff Goldblum was going to be in Thor Ragnarok, but now that i know he is i might have to go see it i don't know it wasn't on like high on my list of like movies to watch necessarily as soon as they get out i was probably gonna watch it anyways when it came to like redbox or whatever when it came to dvd so i could rent it or netflix but you know eh we'll see now now uh, now i'm interested Jeff jeff goldblum's got me and that little video they put out was pretty funny so go check that out oh boy looking at time i am running out of time do we have time for this let me tell you a little story called sonic.exe <laughs> yes i actually found this on a i was i never actually read this and just, so this is going to be a a blind reading of it, but hopefully we can get through it in time. I was looking up stupid, creepypastas, and this one came up. So happy Halloween, everybody. Sonic.exe I'm a total Sonic the Hedgehog fan, much like everyone else. I feel like the newer games, but I feel like... I like the newer games, but I don't mind playing the classics. I don't think I've ever played glitchy or hacked games before. Though, I don't think... They never played a real Sonic 3D game, have they? Yeah. Sorry, that's not written. Um, though I don't think I want to play any after the experience I had. It started one, on a nice summer afternoon. I was playing Sonic Unleashed. I liked how you get to explore the towns in it. Until I noticed, out of my peripheral vision, that the mailman had arrived and put something in my mailboxes. He was playing Sonic Unleashed? Really? That game? Okay, this this writer has bad taste. Let's just, okay, moving on as usual and left. I paused my game to see what I got in the mail. The only thing in the mailbox was a CD case for computers and a note. I took it inside. I looked at the note first and realized it was from my dear friend Kyle, let's just call him that, whom I, heard from in, who I hadn't heard from in two weeks. I know that because I recognized his handwriting, though that was weird as how it looked. It looked badly written and scratchy and somewhat difficult to read, as if Kyle was having a hard time writing it down and did it in a hurry. This is what he wrote. Tom, I can't take it anymore. I had to get rid of this thing somehow before it was too late and I was hoping he'd do it for me. I can't do it. He's after me. If you don't, don't, if you don't destroy the CD, he'll come after you too. He's too fast for me. Please, Tom, destroy this godforsaken disc before he comes after you too. It's too late for me. Destroy the disc. And you'll destroy him. But do it quick, otherwise... He'll catch you. Don't even play the game. It's what he wants. Just destroy it. Please. Kyle. Well, that was certainly weird. Even though Kyle is my best friend, I haven't seen him in two weeks. I didn't do what he asked me to. I didn't do what he asked me. Well, that's stupid. Just destroy the disc. I didn't think that was a simple gaming disc would do anything bad to him. After all, it's just, ga- it's just a game, right? Boy, was I wrong. Anyway... I looked at the disc and it looks at like an ordinary computer CDR disc, except it had a black marker on it written Sonic.exe, and it was written much like Kyle's handwriting, meaning that he must have gotten it from someone else, like a pawn shop or ebay. When I saw Sonic on the handwriting on the CD, I was actually excited and wanted to play it, since I'm a big Sonic fan. Well yeah, we know that because you're able to put up with freaking Unleashed. When I went to my room and turned on my computer and put on the disc and installed the game when the title screen popped up, I noticed that it was the first Sonic game. I was like, awesome, because I liked, <laughs> like I said earlier, I liked the classic. The first thing I noticed was that I was out of place was when I put pressed start. There was a split second when I saw the title image turn into something much different, something that now I consider horrifying before cutting to black. I remember what the image looked like. In that split second before the game cut to black the sky had darkened the title emblem was rusted and ruined the sega 1991 was now instead sega 666 and the water had turned red like blood except it looked hyper realistic (laughs) this is cheesy as all balls stupid creep pasta but the freakiest thing that was a split second frame was sonic his eyes were pitch black and bleeding with two glowing red dots staring right at me all in caps by the way and his smile was stretched wider up to the edge of the uh, edge of his face i was rather disturbed about the image when i saw it though i figured it was just a glitch and forgot about it yeah that's just a glitch brother that's just a glitch yeah, any normal game does that, you know, that's slightly glitchy. Yeah, that's that's normal. Yeah. Don't do anything after that. Just just keep playing. That's it's not a red flag. <laughs> after it cut to black it stayed like that for about ten seconds or so. And then another weird thing happened. The save file select from Sonic the Hedgehog Three popped up. And I was like, WTF mate, what's going on with this first Sonic game? Anyway, then I know <laughs> sorry. I can't I can't read dialogue without doing a voice. Then I noticed something off. The background was a dark, cloudy sky of the Bad Stardust Speedway level from Sonic CD. I like that level. And there were only three save files. The music was the creepy caverns of winter music from Earthbound. Why? Why Earthbound? Only it was extended and seemed to have been in reverse. Wow, you have a really good ear to tell when a song is in reverse. Either way. And the image for the save file where you see the preview of the Level you're on is just red static for all three files. The grammar here, man. The grammar. What freaked me out more was the character select. It showed only Tails, Knuckles, and to my surprise, Dr. Robotnik. Now I was sure that something was up. I mean, how can you play as Robotnik in a classic Sonic game? For crying out loud. That's when I realized that this wasn't a glitchy game. It was a hacked game. Yeah, it definitely looked hacked. It was really creepy, but a smart gamer as a smart gamer no you're not no no you're not you're not smart in any way. i wasn't scared or at least i tried not to be i took myself i told myself that it was just a hacked game and there's nothing wrong with that anyways shaking off the creeped out feeling i picked file one and chose tails when i selected and got started the game froze for about five seconds and i heard a creepy pixelized pixelated laugh that sounded awful a lot like the kefka guy from final fantasy before cutting to black i (laughs) Kafka. the screen stayed black for about 10 seconds or more then it showed the typical level light title thing except the simplistic shapes were different shades of red and the text showed only hill act one The screen faded in and the level title vanished, revealing Tails in the Green Hill Zone from Sonic 1. The music was different, though. It sounded like a peaceful melody in reverse. Anyway, I started playing and had Tails start running like you would in any of the classic Sonic games. That was odd. That was Tails was running along level. There was nothing but flat ground, a few trees for five minutes. That was when the peaceful music started to lower down into its slow, deep tones, very slowly as I kept going. I suddenly saw something, and I stopped to see what it was. It was one of the small animals lying dead on the ground, bleeding. That was when the music Parentheses. Oh, this is actually what it's written here. Parentheses. That was when the music started to slow down. Carry on. Tails had a shocked and saddened look on his face that I never saw him have before. So I had him move along, and he kept that worried look on his face. As he kept moving, I saw more dead animals as... uh, uh. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to get in the mood here. As he kept moving, I saw more dead animals, dead animals as Tails moved past them, looking more and more worried as the music lowers it, and he and he moves past more dead animals. This is written really poorly. I was shocked to see how they all died. They looked like somebody killed them in rather gruesome ways. A squir- yes, there are this many run-on sentences. I apologize. A squirrel was hanged on a tree with that, with what, with what appeared to be his entrails hanging out. A bunny had all fours of his limbs torn off, and a duck had his eyes gouged out and his throat slit. I felt sick to my stomach when I saw this massacre, and apparently so did tails. After a few more seconds, there were no more animals, and the music seemed to have stopped. I still kept tails. I still kept tails to continue. Yay! yeah totally don't 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 turn off the game just keep playing sonic fan apparently you're able to sit through the stuff too because you're able to sit through unleashed but whatever see i knew he wasn't a good good person after he said he was playing sonic unleashed and enjoying it after a minute passed after the music stopped Tails was running up the hill then he stopped it wasn't until i saw why sonic was there on the other side of the screen with his back against tails with his eyes closed tails looked happy to see sonic but then he, his smile faltered obviously nothing that sonic wasn't responding to him noticing that sonic wasn't responding to him if not acting as if he was totally oblivious to tail's presence tails walked slowly towards sonic and i noticed that i wasn't even moving my keyboard to make a move so this had to be a cutscene. suddenly i began to have a growing feeling of dread as Tails walked closer to Sonic to get his attention. I felt that Tails was in danger and something bad was going to happen. I heard faint static growing louder as Tails was but inches away from Sonic and stopped and stuck his hand out to touch him. That foreboding feeling in my gut was growing stronger and I felt the urge to tell Tails to get away from Sonic as the static grew louder. Suddenly, in a split second, I saw Sonic's eyes open and they were black with those red glowing dots. Just as, just like the title image, though there wasn't a smile. When that happened, the screen turned black and the static. Sound was off. It stayed black for about seven seconds. Then, while then, white text appeared, forming the message saying, "Hello, do you want to play with me?" <laughs> <laughs> oh, I should. have... Okay, wait for some more dialogue Cause I want to do that voice. Hold up. At this point, I was creeped out. I didn't want to continue with the game, but my curiosity got the better of me. When I was taken to a different level with a level title now saying, hide and Sake. This time, I was in Angel Island level with Sonic 3. In the Angel Island level from Sonic 3, and it looked like everything was on fire. <laughs> Tails looked as though he was scared out of his wits this time. He actually looked at me and... Made frantic gestures to me as if he wanted to get out of the area <laughs> he was in as fast as possible. I was starting to get freaked out by this. I mean, Tails was actually breaking the fourth wall. Trying to tell me to get get him out of there. No, look, look, oh, no. Hold up. This guy doesn't know his Sonic games. In the very first Sonic game, Sonic himself breaks the fourth wall, if I remember right, right. If you just let the controller sit there for like five seconds, he gets annoyed and looks at the screen and starts tapping his foot what are you talking about this guy doesn't know his sonic games so i pressed down on the arrow key as hard as sorry i inconsistencies man inconsistencies sensei knows so i pressed down on the arrow key as hard as i could and made him run as fast as he could yeah pressing down is gonna make it go faster a pixelated version of that creepy theme when you meet shadow at the arc as Robotnik from SA2 Sonic Adventure 2 was playing as I made Tails trek through the desolate forest I wouldn't say that was scary trying to help him escape from whatever he was trying to run off from run from suddenly I heard that creepy laugh again that awful Kefka laugh (laughs) right after 10 seconds have have had passed not have I just want to like take a red pen to this as i helped tails run through the forest then i started seeing flashes of sonic popping everywhere on the screen again with those black and red eyes the music changed to the f- suspenseful drowning jingle as i see sonic behind tails slowly gaining up on him flying sonic wasn't running he was actually flying <laughs> i was trying to think of something funny but it just became stupid <laughs> the flying pose his sprite was making was very similar to metal sonic's flying pose in sonic cd except it was just sonic and he had a black and red eyes again only no period this time uh, only this time he had the most deranged looking grin on his face he looked as though he was enjoying the torment he was giving his poor little fox the poor little fox as he gained up on him suddenly when tails tripped another cutscene. the music stopped and sonic vanished tails lay there started crying for 15 seconds very very accurate right there for time the scene was rather upsetting to watch and i kind of teared up myself but then sonic appeared right in front of tails and tails looked up in horror blood started to come down from the blackened eyes of sonic as a grin slowly grew from his face as he looked down at the horrified fox i could do nothing but watch just in a of course because you're the gamer just in a split second sonic lunged at tails right before the screen went black there was a loud screeching noise that only lasted five seconds. The text turned only this time. It said, Now nah, say you're too slow, want to try again? <laughs> and then that god awful laugh came with it. <laughs> I was so shocked by what happened. Did Sonic murder Tails? No, he couldn't have. He and Tails were supposed to be best friends, right? Why did Sonic do that to him? <laughs> I shook the shock off as I was brought back to the character select. The save select had Tails was different. Tails was no longer in the box itself, but in the TV screen itself, which was flickering with a red static. Tails' expression scared me. His eyes were black and bleeding. His orange fur had gone black and, had, and he had an expression of anguish on his face. Trying to ignore it, I picked Knuckles next. Yeah, okay, that's good. Smart. You know, you just saw what happened to Tails, you know maybe you don't like knuckles. Let's throw them in the mix. i the laugh came again and the screen cut to black again and stayed there for another 10 seconds this time. the level said you can't <laughs> you can't run. i was really freaked out by now. i couldn't really tell if this was a glitch or a hack or some kind of sick twisted joke or anything or anything really but despite my fear of what happened next i kept playing the next level looked much different it had the ground of a uh, scrap brain zone but the sky background looked like the main menu in a dark reddish cloudy sky but it was the music that creeped me out the most it looked like gigia Gaius theme from right after you beat pokey in earthbound okay that's moderately creepy i also noticed that knuckles looked afraid just like tails did though not as much more rather he was looked a little unnerved he broke the fourth wall just like tails and looked as if he wasn't sure about going on but i made him move anyway nice you're mean <laughs> you're sick and twisted he ran on the straight pathway in the dark level and he as he did the screen started to flicker red static a couple times then a maddening laugh came again then after a few seconds of running i noticed several bloodstains the metallic ground I felt a growing sense of fear again, thinking something horrible was going to happen to Knuckles. He looked nauseated, walking down the blood-stained road, but I still kept him going. Suddenly, as Knuckles ran, Sonic appeared right in front of him with those black and red eyes. Then red static appeared again. When the static vanished, showing nothing but black screen, the text saying, Found you! In all funky font. Um, I added that because the it's like oddly capped. I was now scared. Sonic found Knuckles already. What was going on? Anyway, red static came again, and then I was I was back to back to the level. Knuckles looked like he was panicking, and Sonic was nowhere to be found. And this time, the high-pitched squealing from the Silent Hills one final boss was playing. Was this some kind of boss battle with Sonic? I hope to God it wasn't. Honestly, suddenly Sonic appeared right behind Knuckles. In what appeared to be pixelated black smoke. I made Knuckles turn and then punch Sonic. But Sonic vanished in black pixelated smoke before I could even land a hit. That terrible laugh went off again. Kafka. Then Sonic appeared. (laughs) (laughs) Then Sonic appeared behind Knuckles again and I made him punch again. And Sonic vanished again laughing. Wait, isn't this supposed to be like a Sonic 2 16-bit era? Knuckles doesn't punch in that whatever then sonic appeared behind knuckles again and then i made him punch again and sonic vanished again laughing knuckles was panicking even more and even i felt like i was going crazy sonic was practically playing with us he was playing a sick twisted little mind game with me and knuckles another cut scene played as knuckles fell to his knees and clutched his head sobbing i felt his agony Sonic was actually driving us both crazy. Then a split second, Sonic lunged at Knuckles and the screen went black with another distorted screeching noise that lasted for at least three seconds. Now, nah, three seconds is better than 15. Another text message appeared. So many souls to play with, so little time, wouldn't you agree? Would you agree? What the hell? Just what's going on? I started to think Sonic was actually trying to talk to me through the game, but I was too scared to think that. I was brought back to the main menu this time. The second file box had Knuckles in a TV screen. His red fur had darkened to a reddish gray. His dreadlocks were dripping with blood, and his eyes were black and bleeding too, and he had a look of sadness on his face. I began to think that those were the actual characters trapped in those TV screens on the save files, but I couldn't believe it. I didn't want to believe it. So I shut off the game and took a break. I took a nap, wish I hadn't, cause then I, I then began to have the most disturbing nightmare. I was in a pli- pitch black darkness, <laughs> though I was under the light given by, <laughs> by the lamp that uh, hung ab- high above my head. I could hear the cries of knuckles and tear tails nearby. They were saying stuff like, help us. And why'd you give us to him? And run away before he gets you. Their cries, died out as i heard sonic laugh his laugh it sounded like the distorted kefka laugh you're a lot of fun to play with kid just like your old friend kyle though he didn't last long i was scared and looking around for the source of the voice won't be long until you join him and all my other friends i saw him walking toward me (laughs) i can't oh i'm ruining it i'm ruining the mood flickering in and out of several directions you can't run kid in my world now, just like the others. When he grabbed me and I saw his bleeding black and red-eyed grinning face, I woke up with a fright. After a couple hours, I decided to continue playing the game. I don't know why, but I had to know. I had to figure out why this was happening. So I turned on the computer, turned on the game, and selected Robotnik next. Good. Good choice. I still thought this was wacky, playing as Robotnik. But anyway, the level title appeared again, and this time it said... Dot dot dot. Oh, I know what dot 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 means. I watched uh, Mamma Mia. Mm-hmm. That's what it means. It's one of those Sonic fan fictions. Which I found really freaky. Me too. I, I don't want to imagine that. This time I was in some kind of hallway. didn't really look like it was from any of the classic Sonic games. Though it was the pixelated style. The floor was shiny and checkered. The walls were dark grayish-purple and animated candlelights and a few dark bloodstains here and there. And there was dark red curtain hanging above on the top part of the screen. Every twelve seconds or so, that red curtain sways very slowly, but whenever you're playing the game, you can barely see it move. The music was oddly pleasant. A piano playing a rather sad yet peaceful song. But I knew better. This was a song that played in Hill Act 1, only it was in REVERSE. Bum, bum, bum. Robotnik didn't look entirely nervous like Tails and Knuckles did, but he did have a suspicious look on his face as if he was just a bit paranoid. He did a little an- he did a little animation when I just left him standing. He turns his head to the left and then to the right at least twice, then shrugs at me, as if he has no idea where he was or what was going on, even though I was scared out of my mind about what was going on. I had Robotnik continue onward. He did his usual running animation, you know, when you've beaten him at the end of the classic Sonic game and you chase him, as we continued going through the hallway. Then I stop at a long flight of stairs leading downward. Now I was nervous. Even Robotnik seemed unsure of himself, though I pressed onward. As I led Robotnik down the stairs, I noticed, I noticed that the walls had gotten darker and more reddish. The red torches are now an eerie blue. Then we landed on, onto another hallway. This one was longer than the last one, or at least it felt like it. And then we headed down another flight of stairs down, and one, this one was much longer. It took at least one full minute that's some terrible gameplay and then i heard that horrid kefka laugh again and then the music slowly faded until it was quiet as it did the walls turned more dark red and the torches were black flame now that's what it literally says the torches were a oh were a black flame now okay that's not what it says when robotnik landed onto the third hallway i noticed he looked really creeped out though he tried to hide it i couldn't blame him i was scared too Aw, oh, Robotnik's a brave boy. Suddenly, Sonic popped right in front of Robotnik, the same way he did Knuckles and then the red static. The red static lasted for about 15 seconds. No S. And then it showed me a more, most unpleasant image. The image showed a hyperrealistic, realistic a hyper-realistic of Sonic standing in the darkness where you can only see his face with his head and torso fading into black. That's, yeah, I was reading it word for word. It was poor grammar and when i say hyper realistic i mean like he looked so real you could actually see the lines of his blue fur as if you could actually feel the fur if you touched the screen his face oh god he had the most horrifying smile i'd ever seen and that's something that's saying something considering i saw the image at the start of the game his eyes were wide and black once again crying blood which also looked hyper realistic And there were two small glowing red dots in those black eyes staring right at me as if staring into my mind. (laughs) His grin was wide and demonic. It literally stretched to the sides of his face like a Cheshire cat, except Sonic had fangs. Very sharp fangs, which were like the werehog's teeth, except more vicious-looking, somewhat yellowish from the look of it. He had stains of blood and small bits of flesh on his lips and fangs as he ate some animal. I... (laughs) oh i see the sonic unleashed was foreshadowing okay i see what you did there i'm giving him too much credit i stared at the gruesome image for about for a good 30 seconds never taking my eyes off it i felt as if he was actually looking at me smiling at me that face it just took 10 seconds for it to etch itself into my brain for good then the screen flickered with red static again three times on the third time i heard the kefka laugh except this time it sounded distorted, demonic even. It went black. (laughs) I'm reading ahead. I apologize. This this might get cut out. It went black to the image again this time. There was the text again, though it was messed up. But it was pretty much one of the most horrifying things I looked at since I had this game. I am God. (sighs) It was when I read the message like looking at sonic when it hit me i realized right there and then this, this sonic was a monster a pure evil sadistic all-powerful nightmarish demented monster really finally you get that and all of his victims including tails knuckles robotnik and possibly kyle are just his little toys and the game is the very gateway into his chaotic nightmarish world the the very hell his victims are trapped in suddenly and An actual split second, I screamed as Sonic lunged at the screen, screeching loudly with his mouth wide open to an unnatural length, revealing nothing but a literally spiraling abyss of pure darkness before the red static came again. This time, much louder and distorted, so loud that it hurt my ears. I yelled and grabbed my ears as the red static screeched for a good seven seconds. These run-on sentences are a nightmare. Ugh. Scariest thing about this story. Then stopped and showed nothing but black screen. As I... you're trying to read this is really is is testing my abilities here as i sat there staring at the black screen one last text came up ready for round two tom the kefka laugh now sounding more clear as if sonic was right behind me played again three times that i looked at the text in shock and confusion then i got booted back into the main menu but this time the third save file had a tv image of robotnik in the same torment state as tails and knuckles Robotnik's skin turned a dull grey, his mustache drooped and had blackened, his glasses broke and blood is coming out of them. Blood yeah, from them, and he had a mere dead like expression on his face. I looked at Tails, Knuckles, and Robotnik, and I cried a bit. I pitied them for the agony they're going through. You caused it, yo. They were there they were forever trapped within the game, forever forever tormented by that horrid hedgehog, and will always be. Then the computer shut off, shut itself off. I couldn't turn it back on no matter what I did. I sat there for maybe 25 seconds, horrified by what just happened. Sonic is the very embodiment of evil. He tortures people who, plays, who play his game in more ways than one. Thing. And then when he gets bored, he drags you into the game. Literally drags you to hell, where he can play with you always as his toy. I can't get the game out of my computer. I think it's stuck in there. But I at least managed to turn it back on now. After I sat there for 25 seconds, I heard a voice right behind me, like a whisper. Try to keep this interesting for me, Tom. I turned around to see where the voice came from. I saw, and what I saw made me scream, sitting on my bed, staring right at me, was a sonic plushie, smiling with bloodstains under his eyes. Ba-dum-bum. Now if you like more odd sonic fan fiction, don't take my word for it. Read a book. Oh, that took forever that was a lot longer than I thought (laughs) I'm in a hurry so hope you enjoyed that happy Halloween everybody that was sonic.exe that's where the memes come from ah oh my gosh so this mini pod was a fail because I'm guessing it's gonna be almost two hours long so let's let's wrap this up where can you find me and if you're hoping for a freaking anime segment wait till next time hopefully i can get a whole bunch of episodes out next month you can find me out on twitter at sensei underscore pong out on youtube at www.youtube.com slash mr sensei pong on facebook at facebook.com slash sensei pong you can also find a link to my steam curator page down below in the description all this information is down below don't forget to like and subscribe if you're watching this on youtube you can find you can find this podcast for free out on itunes and android and all the good stuff like stitcher i don't use stitcher but i hear it's good i've got stitches on my thumb but you know maybe i'm a stitcher a hardcore stitcher fan but whatever all this information is in the description below regardless if you're watching this on youtube or the an or uh on podcasts or whatever you're on android i don't care yeah that's about it have a safe halloween everybody hope you enjoyed that since Park signing out.